1: Buckeye Weekly Podcast. I am Tony Gerdeman, here as always with Tom Orr. Tom, how you doing? Badger, 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 (laughs) badger. Snake! For the eight of you who uh, understand that reference, we salute you.
0: We only get to use it once a year, unless they play in the Big Ten Championship game, in which case, we get to use it twice. And we don't
1: even get to use it once a year. Sometimes we don't even get to use it. Uh, But maybe we should for, like, Rutgers. (laughs) because at least we know that's going to be every year
0: i don't think i can say rutgers that fast that many times in a row
1: no 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 no. that's that's nor nor would i want to so today we spoke with uh, ryan day for his lightning round session following his weekly radio show and we will get the the injury situation updated tomorrow but regarding theron munford left tackle your starting left tackle I thought it was very good news Ryan I said he's practicing this week and looking good, so that means he should be all set and good to go for the game on Saturday. They will obviously need him. Didn't Baron Browning never came up. Um, yesterday and talking to the players, talking to Malik Harrison and Pete Warner. Uh, they said, you know, he's trying to get back. Pete Warner had like an odd look in his eye when somebody mentioned him like um, like he was like Baron Browning was going to be playing. And Pete Werner almost had this, like, oh, really? I didn't mm-hmm. – I might have different information than you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was just me re- reading perhaps way too much into the situation. Um, anybody else uh, regarding – we saw Damon Arnett in the orange jersey Wednesday night, yep. which that's typical for him this season with his wrist, his hand. That has been in a cast, uh, I guess, the entire season.
0: Yeah, since since the preseason. I, I did not see Josh Allaby last night, but yeah. – the offensive line, the bulk of the offensive line, had not come in before interviews started, so we were very carefully monitoring everyone who came in. And uh, then, before the offensive line came in, the guys who were doing interviews came in, so we didn't really get to watch as closely. So, I, yes, our, our information on Josh Albee is incomplete.
1: <laughs> yeah, like Robert Landers was the the first interview, and as we've mentioned on past shows, he is he considers himself the show.
0: I, I consider him the show too. I got. I had two guys at my table last night. It was Robert Landers and Brandon Bowen, which is pretty close to my yeah. platonic ideal of uh, Ohio State midweek
1: player football interviews. Because when I saw Robert Landers coming over, I'm like, oh, we got the show over here. He's like, so something like, you better believe it or you know it. And then he goes on to talk about this game Saturday against Wisconsin. Uh, you wrote a little bit about it. I did. What did he have to say about the Badgers and just, I guess, gearing up for what he is going to face.
0: Both both of them were very much, I mean, they're obviously linemen, so you're going to talk a lot about the game in the trenches, but this is is an extremely game in the trenches kind of game for both teams. Uh, Robert Landers said, they're always going to play hard. They always work well within their system. It's one of those games where if you don't bring your A game, you don't put your big boy pants on, it can be a rough day. So we will have to check pregame to see whether the big boy pants are on. I would assume they probably are. Uh, Brandon Bowen said yeah. they've had this game marked since the end of last season. Um, and he said he called it a war. He said every time you play Wisconsin, it's a war. And he said that like three different times. Like that is very much the message. Like this is, you know, there are games and they take every game seriously. But as I said in the article, it's like Animal Farm where some of the animals are more equal than the others. <clears throat> some of the games are more equal to the yeah. other.
1: Yeah, I, when we talk to these guys, they play, they used to play Wisconsin pretty much every year, seemingly. And they would always say, this was the game that they felt the worst after. Like, this is the most physical. It would take the longer to recover from this game. And I, you know, there's, I assume they're preparing for that this week. And Ryan Day, as you said, they've had this circled. Everybody knows what Wisconsin is. And what it takes to to beat these guys because they're big, they're strong, and they're just they're they're maulers. And I'm interested to see if the Ohio State offensive line, the Ohio State running game, kind of wants to show that you know what we are as well, and even more so than you guys are. And when you look at the, the numbers, Tom, you've got. I believe Ohio State is still first in the Big Ten in rushing. Wisconsin, I think, is second. That's pretty much the way it's been since after that first couple of games. But Wisconsin's running game has not been as impressive as I expected. You look at the the Illinois game. You look at the Northwestern game. They, like, 140, 130 yards, somewhere around in there. And that's, Ohio State hasn't had that. You know, they've been pounding people pounding teams consistently and they haven't had that fall off And so I, I this to me feels like a situation where Ohio State could go in and be like I'm kind of tired of hearing about Wisconsin's running game it's Wisconsin's offensive line Jonathan Taylor and I think this will be a game where um, Ohio State kind of tries to change the narrative.
0: It's an opportunity for them to really establish that I mean you go through the the, the nits that we have picked recently and it's like well, there's there's not a lot. The the rushing defense has been a little bit of a question, and that's real nitpicky, because we were complaining about it after they gave up 3.3 yards for carry last week against Northwestern. So that's real nitpicky. This is a chance to just completely shut that up. I mean, there's there's th- this is as stereotypical a big boy running team as you are you are going to face all season. And It's a team that's ranked in the top 15 right now. I mean, this would have been a more impactful potential win if uh, they had not lost to Illinois last week. But Mm -hmm. this this is a game where, nationally, what people know about Wisconsin is they're big, they run the ball, and if you stop them, you have really done something remarkable. So this is still potentially a statement game for the defense.
1: Yeah, and you look at what teams have done on the ground against Wisconsin, in northwest or Illinois, this past week was the first team to rush for over 100 yards on them. 35 carries, 141 yards, just four yards of carry. And it's not like they went crazy. Much of that was Reggie Corbin had like a 40-yarder or a 60-yarder. So there's maybe some fake yards in there, but that you know that run still did happen. But going into that game, Wisconsin allowed uh, 26 yards to USF. 15 yards to Central Michigan, 40 to Michigan, 97 to Northwestern, 60 to Kent State, and 30 to Michigan State. So this is a, while they haven't faced any good running offenses, and really Illinois is up and down, that's still impressive, and it's still something that you take notice of. I don't think Wisconsin has the best defense in the nation, the statistics may say one thing, but I think we know that the NFL isn't going to come knocking down their door for all of their players. Mm-hmm. It's it's a good system that is being executed well against offenses that are very executable.
0: Yeah, I mean there's they have they have executed a lot of their yes. a lot of their teams have played. And it's it's one of those things where USF is bad this year, like objectively bad. Central Michigan is objectively bad this year. Kent State is pretty darn bad this year. I mean they're not terrible. They're not as bad as they have been, but they're they're not they're a Lower half MAC team probably, which is not very good. Michigan State, you have seen Michigan State's offense. Michigan State's offense is <clears throat> is what it is, is what it has been. So all of those are like, well, okay, I understand why they controlled those teams the way they did. Yeah, but they shut them all out. Yeah. I mean, that's the, there is you can sort of do the same thing with Ohio State, where with yeah, they haven't played any top ten teams yet yeah that you know the the opposition could have been better they haven't they haven't truly been challenged yeah but they've just obliterated everyone they've played so you do have to you do have to give a certain amount of respect to that uh to Ohio State that they have not had the you know the whoops a dazers week like Wisconsin had last week against Illinois but Illinois up to that point was doing exactly the same thing Ohio State was doing just completely killing bad competition for the most part
1: yeah, and you wonder exactly how well Ohio State will do against this. Um, this Wisconsin off, this Wisconsin defense, rather, because not only do, do they bring in the best running game the Badgers will see, but they also bring in the best passing game. So it's the most complete offense that Wisconsin will have faced this year. And I, I don't, um, I, I think you'll see, That Wisconsin has kind of built their this resume on a um, a lot of entry level jobs, Mm -hmm. you know, and they weren't quite ready for this uh, VP uh, Mm -hmm. position that Ohio State is going to put them in. And but I still think Ohio State Ryan obviously wants to run the ball, and I think J.K. Dobbins and the offensive Mm -hmm. line want to run the ball, as we talked about. They want to show that they are the marquee running game in the Big Ten. The rain, Tom, might make this an even more important uh, distinction. Who is, who has the best running game? Because the rain is going to perhaps rain throughout the game. There's some models saying, you know, not until three o'clock or some say, you know, all day, but not, not necessarily anything. Just, just a downpour, just, you know, no, no necessarily wind or storms. Uh, but this is going to be a factor.
0: Yeah. It, it's a factor. And, it is, I mean, it is truly the X factor because you don't quite know how either of these teams are going to play in that kind of weather, but also you don't know when it's going to happen. Like, if it's, if this is, if that starts at noon and it's just raining hard the whole game, that's one kind of game. If it starts at three o'clock and the game is down to the last five minutes, then that's a whole different kind of game. And, I mean, you're still 48 hours out at this point while we're recording this. You, at, at that far, that far out in terms of, this is, this is my TV news background speaking yeah. now. That far out, even, like, the weather guys will tell you kind of quietly behind the scenes, like, what? yeah, more than two days out, it's just kind of like throw a dart. And so you're you're now inside that window, but on an hour-by-hour basis, it's still like, eh, like, it's, it's going to rain. They can tell you it's going to rain, but, you know... For for their purposes, in terms of their models, there's a lot of stuff that can change. They can move it up an hour, move it back an hour, which is not a big deal to them mm. in what in determining the outcome of this game. That could be a
1: monster, monster factor. Now, going back to those TV days, was that a dual Doppler? Was that a mono Doppler? Mm. Was that a? Uh, it's a Viper now,
0: which yeah. um, sounds extremely fancy and a little dangerous. Huh? Uh, which is probably about right. Um, yeah, I, I I would guess it was probably dual Doppler back in those days, but I mean it's it's so long ago. It would, I mean they could have just been throwing you know throwing balloons up in the air and seeing seeing what happened. It was it was two thousand. It was ages ago. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes.
1: Um, but as Ryan Day said today, as long as it's just rain, they're not going to change anything. They won't change the game plan. They won't alter that. They're still going to throw the ball and do what they do. Um, could impact Jonathan Taylor, who likes to fumble.
0: You know. That's not a great habit for running backs in general. Um, But, yeah, If how can I say this unjinxingly for Ohio State? Uh, Other teams have been more prone to fumbles than Ohio State has this year in the past, which has no bearing on the future. Past performance is no guarantee of future performance, as as every uh, financial company commercial is Mm -hmm. quick to remind you. Um, But, yeah, taking care of the ball— if it is, if this does turn into a monsoon game, you know, Ryan Day talked about it, if it's just rain, that's fine. If it's wind, if it's raining sideways, then that really changes what you do, which, again, we don't really know. The last time I looked at the forecast, it was like 15 mile an hour winds, which maybe that's probably OK. You can get through with that. If that gets up to 2530, then that changes things. And again... We're two days out, so there's yeah. a whole lot that's that's subject to change, between now know. And, and then. I know
1: fans get concerned. I, I still remember the 2003 Wisconsin game where you go in thinking, yeah, Ohio State, you're going to be fine. But that season, you're you're thinking as long as it doesn't rain mm-hmm. and you don't have to just rely on the running game and Lydell Ross and Maurice Hall, then you'll find a way to win it. And mm-hmm. as soon as that the the broadcast turns on and they show you rain, I was immediately immediately like, well. This is not going to go well. And it only took the one slip from Chris Gamble against Lee Evans, and you saw what happened. And uh, But I know some fans may be concerned about the rain on Saturday. Ryan Day did not look concerned at all. And they've been practicing with wet balls, wet footballs.
0: <laughs> Gold Bond joke goes here. Go on, yes. <laughs>
1: it would be a good spot for a sponsor. Uh, but, yeah, so they've been working on it, practicing it. Even the, the special teams guys, the specialists, and dip dipping the footballs and the buckets of water and snapping those and trying to catch those. And so they've been preparing. They won't be caught off guard because you can't be caught off guard when it comes to weather in Columbus because if you listen to the radio, you listen to the T V, uh, there's you can't get away from weather. It's it's the mm-hmm. ratings, it's it's I think it might be the weather capital of the world.
0: Uh arguably, maybe. Probably not. Um, that's okay. Uh, the, yeah, they, here's the other thing. They know far enough in advance that this is, you know, this is, this is not like a pop-up thing that's going to completely change things half an hour before the game starts. This is something that they know several days in advance. They can kind of plan around it if they need to. They have a plan A, they have a plan B, they have a plan C. That's all fine. And this team is versatile enough that they can, you know, they can run the ball, they can also pass the ball, they have multiple running backs who can run the ball well, they have at least a half a dozen legitimate threats in the passing game that they can throw the ball to. They have, a they, they can beat you in so many different ways, and they don't need to, they have a good enough defense that they don't need to just win a shootout every week. They have so many different ways they can win a game that it's, it's automatically, um... Less of an impact, I think, on Ohio State. I mean, there's always that question: like, does that, you know, does does the weather is the weather the great neutralizer or great equalizer, or does it make good teams better? If you can win in more different ways, you have an advantage.
1: Yeah, I I still would prefer a dry setting when it comes to like a championship game Mm -hmm. where you you want to see the best team win, and I, I think the weather. It could make uh, the better team even better. It could make them worse, but it, it alters it. However, it does. Uh, so you don't really get the the A one against the other A one. Uh, but you know, this is something that uh, Ohio State. You wonder if, say, the model say the rain's going to start at one thirty. Do you come out trying to score as many points as possible? Mm-hmm. A little bit more aggressive mm-hmm. in that first half. Or actually, do you just continue to do what you do and you score your twenty-four points in the second quarter by happenstance? But I wonder if they do get that in tune with if if we can get this much done by half when the bad weather rolls in and we just need to take care of the football as as hard and as safely as we can and just run the clock out. You know, can do we want to try to just get those 17 get up by 17 points or whatever go out with a bunch of tempo because you know Wisconsin is going to be playing slow mm-hmm. running the clock trying to limit the possessions in this game and it's almost like an army attack you know where they want to limit the number of possessions instead of 14 you might get 11 or something like that and Wisconsin will do the same except Wisconsin can also move the ball to keep that clock going and keep the ball out of your hands so um, I, I don't know that they'll get that tied into the weather and trying to score before it gets here. But if the weather does turn and it's like, yeah, there is a monsoon coming, I think they would try to get as many points as quickly as possible.
0: Well, you want to just, if, if you know that's coming, it would be smart to try and get a little bit ahead of that. Because I mean, you talked about Wisconsin trying to control the clock. Wisconsin, on average, on average this year, thirty-eight oh three in time of possession. <laughs> average game, that means the opponent is getting 21 minutes and 57 seconds of possession. And time of possession is a stupid stat, and you should never cite it. And I always say that after I have cited it, which uh, is probably a statement about me, but that's okay. Um, it's, it's a little bit telling, though, because that tells you exactly how they play. They are going to, just like you said, keep, try and keep you off the field. They have run like 100 more plays than their opponents have. So they're going to try and keep that clock moving, keep those long drives going, keep your offense off the field. You have to, if you know it's going to start raining, you have to try and get a little bit ahead of that. And you don't want to get too, you don't want to go crazy. You don't want to just completely change what you're going to do. But if you think you can throw the ball on them, try and get out ahead, build that lead. And then when it's raining sideways in the second half and everyone's having trouble getting footing and all that kind of stuff, you don't want to be the one who has to come from behind and try and score in that. That's that's when you want to just be able to go button it up and... Get out of there, because um, that's that is that's when you start getting mistakes, and the more you have to push later in the game, if it's raining sideways, the more you're prone to the big the big play, the big mistake.
1: You wonder if Wisconsin might try to speed things up as well, but that would not be their their mo, and that's not really what they do. That's ChumbaCasino.com.
0: No purchase necessary. BTW. Group void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
1: I, I wonder, again, then, with Ohio, with Wisconsin okay. trying to pound the ball and wear down a defense, Ohio State will, do they, do they continue with their tempo? Not that they run it all the time, because they don't, but do they risk some three and outs? and now your defense is back out on the field for another five or six minutes, and they get worn down, which will affect them in the fourth quarter. But So will Ohio State come out right away and go with the tempo? Will they make? Will they try to have some success first and then switch it on? I think there's going to be some, some play there because, again, you don't want to just take 37 seconds off the clock, and now you're putting again, and the Badgers are now warmed up, and they're getting ready to run the ball on you, but that's where it helps Tom to have 13 different defensive linemen.
0: Right. Yeah, that's that's a little bit less of a concern for Ohio State than it would be for most teams, just because of that depth. I don't think they have to go tempo immediately, but maybe you're trying to be a little more aggressive just in terms of working downfield. And you work a little tempo in, get two first downs, then you work the tempo. Because I mean, being having given up twenty one fifty seven worth of possession every game, this Wisconsin defense has not spent a ton of time on the field. True. So if you can get, if you can put string together some longer drives, and then you work the tempo, they don't have the depth that Ohio State does. They have a very good defense, but they don't have the depth that Ohio State does. That's something that then, if you're pounding them, whether you're doing with tempo or not, if you can string together some long drives, that can wear them out faster than Wisconsin
1: to be able to wear Ohio State out. Yeah, and it also helps your numbers when you're playing you know, eight fewer minutes than most defenses, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, the the Wisconsin offense, uh, talking to the linebackers yesterday, talking to Ryan Day, talking to Greg Madison, this will be the best play-action passing team that Ohio State has played. But what struck me, and you can understand why, obviously, with the running game, but what struck me is that those play-action passes aren't necessarily going for long gains. They have... One pass play of over 40 yards, none over 50. I think three or four over 30. So it's almost like they're using this play action just to move the chains and it almost feels wasted. But then you look at the, what the numbers, the receivers and and the roster, they really only have, we talked about it before the show. Quintus Cephas really seems like their only big play guy. And maybe that's why they can't, they aren't stretching the ball more with this play action that they have, is because they don't necessarily have the receivers to do it. And if you don't have the receivers to stretch the field, then they're not going to have much luck doing anything in this game against Ohio State's cornerbacks.
0: Right. With, with Ohio State's corners being as good as they are, I mean, Quinta Cephas, 24 catches, 353 yards, 14.7 per attempt, or per uh, completion, and three touchdowns this year, Like. He's a good receiver. He's maybe going to be the best receiver Ohio State's faced so far this year. But there's a pretty darn good chance that Jeff Okuda is the best corner he's faced all year. And, you know, m- maybe Ohio State just looks at putting um, putting Okuda on Cephas all game. That's a possibility. They have other—I mean, Damon Arnett's played extremely well yeah. this year. There, There is nothing in Ohio State's defensive backfield that makes you think, He's getting quintes Cephas or anyone else on that Wisconsin team is going to be able to consistently pop 30 yard plays no. against them. Um, other, other Wisconsin receivers, Jake Ferguson, 20 for 242, 12 yards per uh, completion. Danny Davis, 20 catches, 168 yards, 8.4 yards per completion. Can you, when was the last time you had an Ohio, you remember an Ohio State receiver with that many receptions averaging 8.4 yards per completion. Yeah,
1: I know like KJ two years ago was under 10. I don't think it was that bad, but like Danny Davis, I believe, is an outside receiver. AJ yeah. Taylor would be their slot guy, and he's yeah. also under 10. And so to have Dan, Danny Davis had a couple of good games or a good game against Ohio State what, a couple of years ago, it started to come on a little bit, but yeah, when you've got when that's one of your outside receivers, 8.4 yards per catch, and, and he's a busy guy, three catches a game, that's that's not great. And it's I, I, I don't think it's just Davis. I think it's a combination that you know, Jack Cohn, who is accurate as heck, mm-hmm. the quarterback, but you watch him and he does not have a huge arm. The ball does not get there quickly. It gets where it's supposed to be. And so I think their passing game is limited by Cone, which is no, I mean, that, that's that's standard for the Wisconsin quarterbacks when their Wisconsin passing game is to be limited by your quarterbacks. And even when Cone is playing perhaps as good as any Wisconsin quarterback in recent history has been, he doesn't have the big arm to stretch the field. So now you're talking about a more compressed Ohio State defense, which brings them all closer to the football. And we know when it comes to stopping Jonathan Taylor, you have to rally to the ball. And now you're going to have more guys closer to the ball and this Ohio State defense feels like you they swarm and this is a game where they're going to swarm because unless you force them to back off a little bit somehow mm-hmm. there's some deep shots I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean you you almost have to. And then that gets into maybe that gets Wisconsin out of their game plan. Yeah. If they feel like they have to do that to open things up. They they pro- I mean maybe they do that once kind of in that first drive. But that's not something you're probably going to see real real often early. Like, that's not what their game is, and they probably don't want to get too far out of their own comfort zone and their own typical game plan. But that's something they may have to do, because with Ohio State, you know, like you said, rallying to the ball, last year there was a lot of times where it was just like, there's one guy there, and if he misses, there's no one else there, mm-hmm. and the guy runs forever. This year, I feel like every week we have uh, pictures in our gallery of... Six Buckeyes tackling one running back. Six Buckeyes jumping on the quarterback at the same time. Like, it, they are just, they are just, that, that's something that they've, they've really stressed going back to spring ball. You know, that, that they, they run drills specifically about go get the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have done such a good job with that. And that's, I mean, there's, there's several reasons why they have limited the big plays this year. That's one of them. That even when you do have a missed tackle, there's usually two or three other guys who are there to stop them. Wisconsin has not generally in the past put up huge offensive numbers against this Ohio state team like this this is just they had the benefit you know that that is helped by the fact that they did not play Ohio State in two thousand eighteen but in the past Wisconsin has not been able to run up like monster numbers against Ohio State going back almost you probably have to go back to like Ron Dane or so to find a, a game where Wisconsin really ran just ran all over Ohio State. Uh, I-
1: Correct me if I'm wrong. Somebody I heard somebody say Monty Ball had like 190 yards, but on like 39 carries. The and what would have been what 2010 2012? 2010 was, was that
0: the was that the game that they won up in Madison.
1: Mm, I don't know. I, it feels like if you run for I mean that's still only five yards a carry, which is not you know it's it's pretty. But to, to your point, it doesn't happen a lot, and I don't, right. we're not even sure it happened then. Uh, because our research staff uh, is lazy. <laughs> no offense to myself, but when you're you're talking about this rushing offense and Jonathan Taylor in particular, uh, Pete Werner had said that he was asked when you're going against a guy who is kind of the the epitome of the offense, the, this the stud running back who runs the show. You know, how does that, how do you prepare for that? How does that, you know, how do you gear up for that? And he said basically, if you stop him, you win. Mm-hmm. And Greg Madison said uh, yesterday that that's not necessarily their case because they can do other things and they can do the play action. And while I agree, if Ohio State stops Jonathan Taylor, they will win, it's not entirely true that if you stop him, you will win because Michigan State stopped. Jonathan Taylor held them to like 80 yards, and they lost 38 mm-hmm. nothing.
0: I can tell you that if Ohio State stops Jonathan Taylor, they will not lose 38 nothing. I can say that with great certainty. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, I, with tremendous bold certainty. prediction yes. by
1: some, or yes,
0: uh, yeah. We're we're uh, we're going to have bold predictions on our Patreon show mm-hmm. later this week. Maybe I'll actually saved that one for that. Yes, yes. But uh, spicy. Yeah, it's it's something that they they. Would have to have something go significantly different than expected to have Jonathan, to be able to stop Jonathan Taylor and still lose. Either you'd have to have Wisconsin's passing game really blow up, and I just I don't see that happening. I just I don't I don't know where that would come from for Wisconsin, which has not been explosive against basically anyone. In, in I mean, we went through the defense, the teams that they've played earlier. There's a whole lot of not that great teams that they've played so far. And they haven't you know, just completely blown up on anyone. So you'd either need to have that happen against the best defense they've faced all year, or you need to have Ohio State really completely melt down on offense and lots of turnovers and, and, you know, complete inability to move the ball. And this is going to be, this is probably going to be the best test they've gotten so far this year for the, uh, for the offense just against that Wisconsin defense. But I don't, that's why I don't think you've seen anything that gives you a reason to think that. Ohio State is going to melt down against Wisconsin this week.
1: Yeah, and there's there's just not enough offense there in that passing game, and knowing that they're going to be designed to stop the running game and, and stop the passing game and passing, basically. When you've got those corners that you do in David Arnett, Jeff Okuda, Sean Wade, and then you've Jordan Fuller back there as well. So it, it just, it's not a great matchup for wisconsin as few teams are a great matchup against ohio state i do i still am curious to see how well they stop the run against an elite running game and this will be the best running back they face we'll finally get some answers on these linebackers tom Mm -hmm. we've been waiting for almost a year now we'll finally figure out if these guys are any good so tom now is the time where i'm gonna ask you for your score prediction.
0: I feel like I've changed my mind on my score prediction about three times during the uh, during the recording oh, of this really? show. Each of them uh, each of them making the margin of victory a slightly larger for Ohio Isn't, State. Yeah. I I I think I've kind of talked myself into the fact that Ohio State's gonna win comfortably, kind of. But again, like the rain. Like, if it if it exactly. just pours, like... Well, give us two scores, then. Yeah. We can, we'll, we'll go with two scores. Yeah. Right. That's a good idea. Uh, before we started, I was thinking 31-20, to 20, Ohio State. And that's... I think the offense probably can get somewhere in that 27, 28, 31 kind of range for Ohio State. For Wisconsin, I just... I don't know how consistently they'll be able to move the ball, and I don't know how... They're gonna. I don't know how they find explosive plays otherwise. Mm-hmm. So if you can't consistently move the ball outside of you know, give them a drive or two where they move it. Give them you know, maybe there's a one big play somewhere. Where else? Where else are they gonna score? Like I, I don't. I don't see them being able to
1: string together
0: four different drives of nine to ten plays. Against and, Ohio State.
1: and their special teams aren't that good either, right? So, um, did you give us a score?
0: Yeah, I. I I think I started this show thinking 31 to 20. Now I think I'm going to go more like
1: 31 to 13. Okay. Uh, I, I'm going 34, 13. That's what I ended <laughs> up doing on the YouTube show last night. How do we always pick so, the exact
0: same score every yeah. week?
1: Um, I was going to go 38, 17, but somebody took that score. So I went, I took it all down a notch and then played into the rain. But I am interested to see, because, you know, we, we downplayed the Ohio State scores. In the past, against good defenses, and they still score 52 or whatever. And Mm -hmm. I'll be interested to see if they do that again this week. And then it's like, well, all bets are off. You can no longer predict Ohio State to score anything less than 41.
0: Yeah. If Ohio State scores, say, 45 points this weekend, like, it's just – I'm going to get out of the prediction business because it's just (laughs) – like, you're going to – it's impossible to, like, overshoot them at that point. And then there will be the one week where you overshoot them, and then they – Mail it in, and you miss this. Miss the score by fifty points. Yeah, it's like trying
1: to um, overthrow Devin Smith mm-hmm. on, on a deep route, and then one time you really gear up and you throw it down, or he gets you know stood up the line of scrimmage, mm-hmm. and um, you just then the safety picks you off. Uh, so that will do it for this show. I want to remind you guys to uh, we are back. We are on Patreon now, which you'll be able to listen to this show ad free there. Um, you, we will also have another. A, Second bonus show this week that we will we'll do some over unders we'll do some um, more more on this this Wisconsin game and then if you are interested in seeing the pregame videos and postgame video pregame video and postgame video that we do prior to and after games you'll need to be a Patreon subscriber for that as well. Uh, Tom uh, was at the. Uh,
0: patreon.com slash Buckeye weekly is where you can sign up for that and the uh, the price points to uh, get those uh, pregame postgame uh, you know like our instant reaction and preview shows that we do that starts at five dollars a month so we're uh, probably not going to completely break your budget but if that's something you'd like to uh, like to see you'd like to have a little more uh, if you'd like to have a little more of us in your lives. To get us, you know, maybe maybe that's your your commute home. If this got you through your Friday morning right. commute to work, maybe that'll get you through your Friday afternoon commute home. Have an extra bonus show. So uh, don't be don't be sitting in traffic on Friday afternoon cursing yourself for not signing up for Patreon. That's true. Yeah,
1: don't kick yourself in your car. It exactly. Makes for an uncomfortable gotta, drive.
0: Got a plan. Got a plan ahead. Uh, do that. Do that before you get in the car.
1: And then our previous bonus show was looking at the uh, the Michigan Wolverines and their week that they had at Penn State and also just the, the weekend ahead of the big college football games this weekend. So if you want to take a listen to that one? You can uh, get that at patreon.com slash Buckeye weekly as well, provided you are a subscriber. And we will now talk to you guys on Saturday. See you then.